morning everyone once again and may the Lord bless you. See, uh, it's very good. The name of the Lord is uh, originally known in, a, in Hebrew. That's really good. Uh, and we worship the God of Israel. So praying and supporting Israel is not a political position. It's a biblical obedience. That's really good. Remember someone who was struggling to to pronounce the name of the Lord in Hebrew and uh, he sought to seek help from uh, an Israeli person and he said, can you teach me how, what's the correct pronunciation? And the Israeli person said, you can't catch me. Because we don't pronounce it because of reverence, you can't catch me. <laughs> and uh, the man was so desperate, he, he went to pray to the Lord and he said, Lord, I don't know who to pray to. Because I'm struggling to pronounce your name. I've sought help from your people. They couldn't help me. And the person prayed and said, Lord, because I'm so desperate, can you give me an English version of your name, which is easy? And he said, the Lord gave me always. And he said, that's great. I can add a lot of surname to that. Always with me, always my helper, always my blesser, always my savior, always. God of Israel, always. I am self-existent, self-existing, always there. The great I am. That is the God we worship. Always there, Yahweh Shammah, Emmanuel, God with us. Lord, we bless you as we come together. We pray that the divine teacher, the Holy Spirit, will help us in our weaknesses and open our understanding to the glory of the Father in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. By God's grace, I have been teaching on this series, the book of Revelation, since February 2022. In, in the church here. And at this point, it's reasonable to remind ourselves the purpose and the key message of the book of Revelation. In this book, Jesus Christ reveals to his servant the reality of his supremacy, his complete control over the whole universe, his total sovereignty but also his eternal plans. And also the consummation of everything and his final victory overall, total. Jesus is king, he controls all things. In the book of Revelation, you see who Jesus Christ is. 
You see the manifestation, the, the demonstration of his preeminence, his power on display, his total control of the universe. You see it on display there. Remember, the book is written to the servant of Christ. Well, if the enemies of God look in the book, they find something else. When we look in the book, we see the glory and the blessed hope and the final victory of God. The complete condemnation of the devil who will be thrown in hell where the first residents will be the Antichrist and the false prophet. Hell is not fun. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servant things which must shortly take place. Whatever shortly means. There are things that must take place. Notice, must take place. That is in Revelation 1.1. 1, 1. In verse 20 of the last chapter, the Lord says, Surely I am coming quickly. The revelation is given to the servant of Jesus Christ. And the final promise is, I am coming quickly. The things described in the book will certainly happen because the Lord is called faithful and true witness. He knows the end from the beginning. He can tell us, therefore we can trust him. He's trustworthy. God is not a liar. He is the truth. He's told us everything. I remember that song, El Shaddai, El Shaddai. What does it say? Though the word contain his mind, they just could not understand. The word contained the full plan of God. People cannot understand. I don't need the BBC to tell me what will happen tomorrow or in 10 years or in 20 years. I know. It's in the Bible. Hatred against the, uh, the, 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 the Jews is in the Bible as one of the features of the end time. It's there. Someone says... Hating the, the Jews is the same as being pro-trans. Wow. They've come up with, so it becomes trendy. It's trendy. It's growing because it's trendy. It's encouraged. It's trendy. You know, being trans is it's trendy. Hating the Jews is trendy. You, know, you have all sorts of explanations, including Christians. Anti-Semitism is rampant. It's not rampant. It's actual in churches. 
Oh yes, but no, it's not about 50-50. It's about the righteousness of God. People don't even, no longer even know how to pray. But you are allowed to pray for the Arabs. You are allowed. They are dying, they are wounded, they are desperate. Some of them, you can pray for them because God is love. It's not a problem. But that does not give you the right to hate the Jews. Well, you begin to do things 50-50 now to be politically correct. No, you just pray for the bereaved, for the lost, for the old stage, etc. But the Hamas seek to wipe out Israel. That's what we're talking about here. But the Lord said, salvation is of the Jews. That's what my Bible says. I don't know yours. Well, Christians are no longer firm. They're just bombarded by the media now. They begin. I've heard astonishing things I can't share with, share with you from Christians. I say, what is this? What nobody is happy for the for the Arabs to be to be to, to be killed. That's why we pray for the Lord to give the Israel authority wisdom to know what to do, to know what to do, but themselves as well to come to the saving knowledge of Christ because they're not perfect. You know, we're not praying for Israel because they are the most wonderful people in the world. We're praying for them. Because it's a commandment. Because we love what God loves. As simple as that. I heard someone preaching on uh, uh, the letter to Philadelphia. You know, the previous teacher teaching I gave. Wow. When he got to those who call themselves Jews... The one from the synagogue of Satan. It means that he was born for that time in his preaching. He looks like that was the only thing he ever wanted to preach on in his own life. And then he displayed all the anti-Semitism on that. Do you know what anti-Semitism means? Anyone can help? Well, I know, yeah, it's hatred against the Jews, yes. I can see a hand there. Anyone? Yeah? There is a name in it. What's the name? Shem. Thank you. Shem. Les Semites in French. Les Semites, les descendants des Sem. Anti-Sem, anti-Semitic in French. That's what it is. Okay. Jesus Christ is king. Jesus Christ controls everything. You have become a Christian. You have put your trust in Jesus Christ. But do you know who Jesus Christ is? Jesus Christ is not, you know, a, just a great moral teacher, you know, an avatar, a guru, a yogi, a great thinker. No. Jesus Christ is God. That what you see can't be less than that. As he revealed himself, the first and the last, the alpha and the omega. One day I was at Bridge Lane after the service, after preaching. Uh, we catch a little boy who was running all over the place, messing up, catch him. We were a group of adults there. And we ask him, do you know Jesus? Who is Jesus? 
and he ran away because he was busy catching his ball. And as he was running away, he said, it's God. And he went. And all the others say, I wish I could speak like that. I need that faith, really. If someone asks you who is Jesus, you start doing academic, isn't it? You start trying to explain. He says, God, and run away. That's what you know. We are called to have a child faith. Jesus Christ calms the storms, the storm and the wave. And his followers marveled. Who is this? Even the storm. Obey him. Well, the storm is something. It's not a breeze. It's not a small wind. A storm. It's quite something. Some of them have names in America. the storm. Why? Let me tell you a story. The reason I'm doing this is because I want your faith to be be in Jesus Christ. I want you to know Jesus Christ and the power of his resurrection that you will be established, grounded, rooted, and built up in him. Unshakable. not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. That your faith should be in God. Let me share with you this story. You know, um, I have an issue uh, with people seeing angels every morning. Because I don't know if it's true. But God is sovereign, can do all things. But I recently heard this story. The only reason why I'm telling this story is because I got it from a reliable source. You know, uh, when it comes to the Bible, David Pawson wasn't a fantasist. Though I disagree with him on a few things. Because he believes one can lose salvation, I don't. But that's not a problem. He told the story because he was a reliable, trustworthy preacher. I researched around it. Now I can quickly share with you, very quickly. There was a group of people who were traveling. Oh, no. I'm coming to that. Let me come back to Israel first. It's been said that when modern preachers are preaching from the Bible, it's been said that the approach and the tone of their voice is unconvincing. Because they themselves don't believe in what they're saying. You know, when they come to uh, Daniel in the lion's den, they talk as if it's something that's never happened, you know. And uh, one pastor took his congregation to Israel. They went to different sites. They did a Bible study on the site and showing things. And they came back. The first thing one of the believers in the congregation said, Pastor, can I make a confession? He said, go ahead. 
He said, you know what? During the six days in Israel, I've learned more than what you've been teaching us for the past 20 years. The pastor said, amen, that's great. And then the pastor recalled the, the, the event and he said, the members in the congregation, when they came back from Israel, the way they were talking about the Bible became real. They said, when you hear them talking, it's like someone reporting on a football match, Manchester, you know, Arsenal. It's so factual, you know, that one, you know, scored a goal, that one. They begin to talk like that. It becomes so real for them. Well, no wonder the, 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 the enemy is in the business of destroying that piece of land to wipe out evidence. The place of the temple has one, if not the greatest mosque in the world, is there. People say maybe, maybe an earthquake will do something one day. The temple has to be rebuilt. <laughs> okay, let's leave Israel alone now. What was I saying before? Okay, thank you. You're listening. That's good. Help of the helpless. (laughs) So the group of people were traveling in an airplane and then came a storm. A very dangerous storm. And the plane was shaking. It was just death now. And everybody was shouting. Everybody did not. And one lady noticed there was a lady there sitting quietly and she was mumbling something like praying. And she came to sit with her and say, are you a Christian? And are you praying? She said, yes. She was very calm. You can imagine the people playing. And she said, let's pray together. And two of them were inspired by the same prayer. Lord, you calmed the storm 2,000 years ago. Can you do it now? Amen. After a few seconds, things were going back to normal. And then this lady who moved from her seat, she had her camera, you know, Polaroid. Remember? Okay. She took and she had an idea, certainly inspired by the Holy Spirit. And she said, can you take a picture of the storm so that we can keep a souvenir? And very quickly, the other one, she just did like this, cock, they took the storm, okay, that's fine. Went back home, and she took her camera in those days, and bring to the photographer. And she came back to collect the picture. When she came to collect the picture, the photographer said, um, my, my whole family, we've become Christians. She said, okay, praise the Lord for that. And uh, they show her the picture she took. That's the picture there. Can you see inside there? That's a real picture you can see. You can see the hand here, you can see that. That's what they took. It's a real picture in 1972. Check it out for yourself. 
the picture went viral in those days everywhere. And people contacted the company and the company said, we astonished. we've never seen something like this. All the photography experts went to check out the picture. Authentic, genuine, they say, Jesus Christ comes to the storm. He hears, a picture. he hears prayers of those who pray. You can check it out. It's all online. With all the testimonies, etc. genuine. 1972. There was no Photoshop at that time. Thank you, brother. Yes, that's true. You see, that is genuine. No face, no skin color. That's more like God's wisdom. You know, so that the Indian will not say, aha, you've seen it yourself. It's from India. And the Caucasian will not say, aha, evidence, dispute over now. In particular, the Africans. We've told you that all started in Africa. You see, it's black. That's more genuine. <laughs> okay. In the book of Revelation, the person of the Lord Jesus and his key message can be neither mistaken nor understated or even misunderstood. Jesus Christ is a faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth. He has the keys of the Hades and of death. In John chapter 11, verse 25, he said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he die, he may die, shall live. About three days ago, I had uh, builders coming to do some work in our home, and uh, I was all over the place in the BNQ buying material and... Uh, um, in his car, the builder has a van. Quite frankly, that's the first time I've been in a van. It's quite a lot of material and stuff in it. I've never been, even the seat itself at the front. I've never seen something like that, but never mind. And then I noticed that around the steering wheel, it had... Um, how do you call it in English? In petite corde. Petite corde. What's it? Petite corde. Like a bracelet but made of uh, a piece of cloth. Okay, he had it around his steering wheel. And I said to him, what is this? He says, it's protection against bad things and bad luck. But it helps me also bring more business as well. And also to protect me against uh, bad people. Oh. You see, I felt like Paul entering Athens to the unknown God. You know, I'm a very shy person. But I say, if I don't talk about Jesus here, then I'm useless. And I found my way got a good introduction and we start talking about Jesus Christ 
And I said to him, you know, there are many, many religions, you know, in, in your country, you have so many gods, many religions, and all of them, they claim to be true. I said, but that cannot possibly be true. Because most of them contradict themselves. So some must be false. For instance, Jesus claimed to be the son of God. Islam say God has no son. How can the two be the same, be the truth? Yet you find the Christians, oh, we all monotheists, we all, you know, Ishmael and Isaac are descendants of Abraham. It doesn't matter. That you check it out. Maybe in the coming years they will add Ishmael to the list, the God of Ishmael. In the New Age Bibles coming. Well, I'm thinking there will be a time where you will find the word positive and negative in the Bible. When you see it for the first time, remember where you heard it first. I'm pretty sure that there will be a time where you begin to see words like psychology in the Bible. You check out and see how many times you find the word brain in the Bible. Check it out. Brain is all over the place. Brain is the new God, including for the believers now. No, in the Bible it speaks of the heart, not the brain. You will begin to see all these things. You check out until you start uh, uh, hearing about a gender-neutral God. Because some people are very nervous to call God the Father. You know, already you hear about Mother Earth who does not exist. You hear about, yeah, they're just short of saying Mother God. Already there is Mother of God. Check it out, all these expressions, they will start coming. People are working very hard to produce new age versions of the Bible. You will see those things beginning to happen. But you will not know if you're not a Bible reader. You will not even notice that those things are there. You wait until you start seeing uh, Daddy. My young brother who is a preacher, a pastor, calls that the Daddyism. God is referred to now as Daddy. Daddy, you see? It's the idea of Father Christmas, giving gift, etc. I said to my children, well, you can call me Daddy if you want, but I am your father. Watch out for all these small things coming. Jesus Christ is the ruler over the kings of this earth. You saw yesterday someone sent me a a video where uh, Emmanuel Macron was in a Freemasonry temple and he said, Sans la franc-maçonnerie, la France ne marchera pas. Without Freemasonry, France won't move forward. Wow. Wow. One day, they will understand that there is a king of kings, Jesus Christ. Every knee shall bow. you remember when they came to arrest the Lord? When he asked them, it is I, what happened? They did what? Pardon? Yes. Just by asking them. (laughs) 
He could have just taken their life. And then he voluntarily, because he had you and I in mind, he gave himself. You know, you know Islam always say, if Jesus is Christ, if Jesus is the creator, how come the creation can kill him? Well, he said, nobody's taking my life. I lay it down myself. I have the power to lay it down and to take it back. That's exactly what he did. You need to know, who is Jesus? Yes, we start by receiving him. We had a revelation of him. We put faith in him because he forgave our sin, etc. But now we need to grow. We need to grow. We can't be going round and round, tourner en rond. No, we now need to grow in the saving knowledge of Christ and to serve him because it is through you and I that he's touching other lives. Who is going to do it? Let's go back to the builder then. Then we had a good conversation and uh, I, I answered his questions and they worked at home. They finished around 8 o'clock with his, his friend. I said, so, where am I going to do this? I had two new Bibles courtesy of Samjam, they were for the Jubilee, Queen's Jubilee celebration. Very nice um, silver Bible. Very good. We had kept them. We had three of them. And I took them and I came waiting on the door before they can say goodbye to me. <laughs> and I'm waiting on the door with the hope for the future leaflet in him. And I'm standing there undisturbed. And they put their tools about to go. I say, excuse me, following the conversation we've had, can I give you these two Bibles? You can read. And he said, oh, it's a Bible. I say, yes. I say, read and ask me any question if you want. But think about the things we've been talking about during the day. And we gave them. The reason I'm giving that example is because I want us to understand or to be reminded that it is through you and I that God is reaching out to people. If you're just wasting time and using life for yourself, you're too busy, okay, that's fine. We've been reminded, if you don't pray, don't complain. The world is dying, the BBC has done it again, but when we come here to pray against those few, you're not there. You've heard of the first which fest? Yeah, we mentioned that. It's happening on the 18th, I think it is, next Saturday. The greatest festival of witches ever recorded in the world is happening in Croydon here. With five sessions per hour. Five sessions each hour. Three years old can come free of charge. It will happen in Croydon here. What do you think about that? You're just sitting down, you know, your mobile phone and watching the telly, having fun and complaining. The Bible says we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. These things are serious. The curse that we, they will invoke will come on the whole country. The judgment of God will come on the whole country. What do you do about it? You're sitting down, I'm busy, sleeping a little bit. They will do it for me. They, you have a problem? No. No, no, no. Well, we have to be, we are soldiers. 
We are in the army of the Lord. The, the weapon of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in God for pulling down stronghold. Are you fighting or not? We come together, we cry out to the Lord, we will do that again the next Tuesday, and God willing, another day during the next week, God will ask the Lord leader, you're just sitting down, not even knowing what is happening like the disciple of Emmaus. Let's go to our first reading. We do about three readings. Let's do the first reading. The topic today is the missing dimension. Missing dimension, the church of Laodicea. That's the last of the seven churches. Revelation chapter 3, we're reading from verse 14 to verse 22. That's Revelation chapter 3, verse 14 to 22. And to the angel of the church of the, Laod- of the Laodiceans writes, These things says the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. Verse 16. So then, because you are lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Because you said, I am rich, have become wealthy, and have need of nothing, and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from the gold refined in the fire that you may be rich and white garments that you may be clothed that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed and anoint your eyes with eyes salve that you may see. Verse 19. As many as I love, I rebuke, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be zealous and repent. Verse 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and open the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Amen. Laodicea is the church of illusions and self-satisfaction. A lukewarm church. English is very good. What a, na- what, a, what a noun. What a word. Lukewarm. Lukewarm. I don't know why. Lukewarm. Spiritual lukewarmness means indifference, little zeal, being half-hearted or divided. 
in the things of God. Minimum is the rule. Minimum is the spiritual rule for the lukewarm. Lord, bless this food in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, help me to sleep well and Lord, try save me from the devil when I sleep. Amen. Lord, bless me at work giving me strength. Amen. Minimum is the rule. I've been to the church. Tick. I've given my offering every quarter. Tick. Minimum is the rule for the lukewarm. Warm. There's no zeal for God. There's nothing. God is not glorified. You know, Jesus Christ said, God is glorified when you serve him. Look warm. I was thinking, maybe, maybe I should change something. I was thinking, when I said to people, we wish you a warm welcome, I said, oh, maybe I should change that. Maybe I should start saying a brotherly welcome, a Christian welcome, or a hot welcome. The word Laodicea has several meanings. It means right, justice, judgment, or dominion of people. Laodicea. Right, judgment, justice, dominion of the people. To me, this sounds like a Christian version of spiritualized human rights in the church. Everybody's talking about his right. What about God's right in his church? I was in a leaders meeting somewhere and everyone was talking about their department and one sister say, oh, I did not want to do that because I don't want to step on anyone else's toes. Well, you complete because you know the story. You see that? Good. So it's true. It's not a tale. I do not want to do that because I don't want to step on someone's toes. That's the understanding of the ministry. It's all territorial. This is me. This is my territory. You know. Well, God is not in that. However much you think you're achieving. If you think in terms of territory, God is not in it. God is agape. human rights. Christian human rights. Everybody speaks about his right in the church. You even hear things like, I have every right to say that. Oh, okay. That's fine. That's how I was brought up. That's how we've been doing for the past 45 years. Okay, that's fine. So this sounds like a Christian version of spiritualized human right or even democracy in the body of Christ. Human rights, personal ambitions, material pursuits become the priority in the church. You see people fighting over positions, over ministries, over big money, Scandal upon scandal, 
over the building is so big, it's nice, it's sumptuous, etc. That has become the focus now. So was the condition of the church in Laodicea. Look at the building. Look at the way we clothe ourselves. Look at this, look at this. Christ was outside. They were busy. Busy doing something else. In Philadelphia, the believers were busy obeying God. In Laodicea, they were busy doing their own things. Not even thinking where God was. What was the will of God, the heart of God, seeking the mind of Christ, that was not on the table. He kept on knocking. I don't know how long he waited at the door. Salvation was no longer a priority. Salvation of the people, obedience to Christ, maintaining the blessed hope was no longer a priority. Everyone wanted to wear a crown of recognition. Nobody will take up the cross to follow Christ. Everybody wants recognition. Everybody wants a crown. Everybody wants to be Billy Graham and Ray Comfort and the Apostle Peter, etc. Nobody will learn from another, from one another. I am rich. I know this. I know that. Now, we have the whole eternity to learn. God is in heaven. I am rich. I need nothing. I know everything. Yet the Lord taught that whoever wants to follow him should deny himself and carry his own cross and follow him. To each of the seven churches in the book of Revelation, the Lord reveals an aspect of his divine attributes. To Ephesus, he is the one who holds his servant in his hand, and he works in the midst of his church. Listen, dear brethren, those who serve the Lord are in his hand. In his hand. To serve the Lord. And the Lord is in his church. When Saul of Tarsus was persecuting the church, the Lord Jesus said to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Christ identified with his body. He is the living head. He is in his church. Remember, when the apostles were praying for people to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, some people saw that the magician, they said, we want that, that's fantastic. Wow, you can just lay hand on people, pray for people. They start speaking unknown tongue. They start prophesying, I want that. Now, the Holy Spirit is in the church is in the believers. Those who have the spirit of God made up the body of Christ. Without the spirit of Christ, you are not a Christian. As harsh as that may sound. Inconvenient truth. But there are evidence for that. You can see evidence for that. 
Where there is the spirit of God, there is liberty, there is joy to worship God, to bless the name of the Lord, to love the brethren, to love the word of God, to fellowship with the brethren. The spirit of God. Then he said, true pilgrims recognize true pilgrims. Very good word. True believers recognize true believers. Ah, that one. Let's go together. Like in the story of Pilgrim Progress, when he found comfort in one person there. Let's go together. Helping one another in this treacherous time to go together, to move forward to God. Not discouraging, not throwing banana skins, not discouraging people. We got to be sons of consolation, of encouragement, like Barnabas. To give hope, to encourage other brethren as well. Where they say to you, someone has lost his dad. He means nothing. I'm going to pray for him. Well, I'm going to pray. Well, you got to give a phone call. You got to move and come if you can to see the person. You won't do that if he was your own dad. No, you won't do that if he's your own family. Oh, that one, you know, someone's mom is dying there. Oh, it means nothing. You won't do that if it was your mom. That means the body of Christ is not a reality for you. That's what it means. We speak of discerning the body of Christ. And we are called to come to the Holy Supper discerning the body of Christ. You begin to fail in your own body when another person is suffering the reality of the body of Christ. Some people, it means nothing. Now that one is in hospital, three months, it means nothing. No phone call, no, no cheering, no postcard, nothing. It's all just... We are in the hand of Christ. So that Ephesus. In Smyrna, Christ is the first and the last who is ever alive. In Pergamos, he has the sharp two-edged sword, and he is the giver of the hidden manna. In Thyatira, the Lord Jesus is the Son of God. In Sardis, he is the Spirit giver. In Philadelphia, he is holy, true, and holds the royal key to victory and blessing. In Laodicea, he is the Amen, faithful and true witness. Yeah. Where is that verse again? Let's look in Revelation 3, verse, the end of verse 14. It's the beginning of the creation of God. Oh, the Jehovah Witness say, Aha! Aha! It's the beginning of the creation of God. So he was the one, the first to be created. The beginning of the creation of God, Jehovah Witnesses will really love this reference to the Lord being the beginning of the creation. They will say, you see, Jesus cannot be both the creator and the creation, they say. However, remember what I told you the other day. If you have a Bible verse that requires interpretation, find the clearest possible Bible verse the matter is solved. Colossians chapter 1 verse 16 clearly teaches that all things were created by Jesus Christ. Through him and for him. Hallelujah. 
In John chapter 1, verse 1 to 2. John 1, 1 to 2. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. This is why he is the beginning of the creation. He is the initiator of the creation. Not a created being. Jesus created all things. He controls the whole universe. That's why he can calm even the waves, the storm. Remember that song when sorrows like below seas rolls. Whatever my role thou art taught me. Thou art taught me to say it is well with my soul. Trust in the Lord. In the storms of life, the wave. Trust the Lord. My builder friends, just before leaving, he said to me, so what would happen to me if I become Christian? What does it mean to be a Christian? I had five seconds to tell him. I think these people were listening. Oh, let's see how that witnessed the unbelievers. I have five seconds to say it. Ah, but he said something to me in the car. He said to me, I love to be a Christian because Christian is not restrictive because Christian can smoke, they can drink. They, I love that bit. So people come to Christ for various reasons. <laughs> you know, you're not praying five times a day. You know, it's, it's okay. It's not, uh, you don't need to tick the box. You, know, you can do it once every quarter. It's okay. I said to him now, if anyone is in Christ, a new creation, all things have passed away, things have become new, you don't even need to fight about those things. You will, you'll be surprised how they will leave your house, your, 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 your heart. Christian is not a list of don't and do's. Some people think like that. No? I became a Christian instantly. Alcohol went. You know, what stopped me from becoming a Christian what caused doubt in me the day I became a Christian in the room was the fact that I was smoking. And I said, I don't see any hope. I can go there, they will pray for him, but I need my four cigarettes per day. I wasn't a heavy smoker, only four. But I said, I don't see how I'm going to stop that. You see, the preacher was inspired. He said, if you think about something, you won't be able to live and that is stopping you from coming, write it down. Oh, I say, oh, cigarette in French. And he said, now, déchiré, rip. I did it. He said, now you can come. I came. And I knelt down. 200 people in the room. And I knelt down with had about 25 people there praying, praying. And I was praying and I was praying and I was praying and praying. And I changed it and my tongue started praying in unknown tongue for the first time. After I repented and I was praying and I started crying, crying, crying. I didn't realize music was playing. Everybody else had gone back to their seat and I was there and I was there. And the preacher looked at people and say, it is his day. And I was there in front of people, crying and praying in tongues, being baptized in the Holy Spirit. All those people, they knew me. I was a music dancer leader in university. Now I've lost it. It was different in those days. 
But those people could see me there, praying and crying and speaking in tongues. The more I tried to calm it down, the more it was going out, etc. And I was humbled before all those people. And I said, Amen. I stood up. The thief of April 1993 at 11 o'clock. At l'Institut Technique de Bujumbura. And I had one year of baptism because one year, almost. And I was baptized in the great Tanganyika Lake. And I love the believers. God never disappointed me. Gave me wife, children, and you, the family. You wouldn't know me without Christ. I wouldn't know you, wonderful people, because of Christ. You can give your own testimony as well of what Christ has done. I've never smoked again. No need for psychology, no need for counseling. Gone. No pub, no promiscuity, no prostitution, all gone. Jesus Christ. And we love him. And we love him. That's the one I'm talking to you about here. He changed my life. I love Jesus Christ as you do. I get very nervous with pagans. I'm telling you. The people say, oh, Gee, you know, Gee doesn't laugh. There is very, very little to laugh about in this world. I laugh in the church with the believers because it's clean jokes. Jesus Christ is king. He controls everything. He's king of all creation. We love him. One day, we will see him face to face. As he really is. For now, we're serving him happily, in spite, despite, malgré tout, through it all. Serve the Lord with gladness. Have your sight on the reward. One day, the reward will come. The reward will come. The work of everyone of us will be revealed on that day in front of Abraham and Saul and David. Everybody will come and receive a reward. Serve the Lord with gladness. Don't worry. When your days are come are over, you go. You close your eyes in death. Instantly, instantly, you are with Jesus Christ. Remember Stephen? He was being stoned. He was being stoned. He was dying. He was dying. Lift up his eyes. And so Jesus Christ standing. Stephen received a standing ovation. Being stoned on earth. Standing ovation. There. Hallelujah. Where believers of old used to sing soon and very soon. We are going to see the Lord. But now we sing I will rise like an eagle. Everybody wants to be above everyone else. But it was soon and very soon. Give me oil in my lamp. Keep me going. Keep me burning. Was the song. Now we say, Lord Jesus, take, take joy in what you hear. Oh, really? Do you really want the Lord to take joy in what he hears? From what we say? From the language in our hearts? The Lord will take joy in what he sees in the church. Really? Well, let's be considerate. I'm not saying you should not sing your favorite song. Okay. 
So, Laodicea was a rich and industrialized city with clothing and pharmaceutical manufacturers, etc. The city had developed a, a very developed banking system. This culture was also present in the church. So what you read in the account, the church of Laodicea, is actually a reflection of the prevailing culture in the society. The culture was imported in the church. The mindset, the behavior, the, the standpoint reflects the prevailing culture outside. The church is a holy nation. The church is transcultural. You see, becoming a Christian does not mean spousing a given culture. You know, some people think that if a Muslim becomes a Christian, suddenly he needs to eat with cutleries, you know, he needs to change, to put trousers, you know, because that's what it means to become a Christian. Wrong. Christianity is transcultural. It passes. What it does, it removes all the ungodly things. You know, where there is cannibalism, where there is uh, uh, things like polygamy, where there is etc. Christianity does that work as it passes. And things fall. That's what it does. Christianity does not mean spouting someone else's culture. Unfortunately, that's how it's come across now. Don't blame me for my tie. The church forgot the spiritual blessing we have in heaven where Christ is sitting at the right hand of the Father. And they were exalting earthly um, riches. Despite this church spiritual condition, the Lord offered them to repent and regain their zeal for him. See, the Lord is good. He doesn't say, I'm going to destroy you. He said, repent. Recover. Restart again with me. Wake up. Stand up. Awake. Today, the body of Christ seems to suffer from visual, spiritual visual impairments. I'm going to stop there. So, there will be a part two for this one. We bless the Lord. Keep on reading the book. I think I have two more pages for you. Next time. But the thing is, sometimes I think I've stopped there, I will continue, and then everything changes, I need to restart again, etc. It's very fearful. Two people in this church said to me, oh, gee, it seems that you can just wake up and teach whatever you want to teach. Tonight I say, Lord, forgive me if he comes across like that. I want you to be seen. I don't want anybody to think I'm not an expert in the Bible. I don't want it to come across like that. It's so hard to pin down things and to make sure that it's God speaking to his people. It's a fearful thing to do. I don't want that to come across as well. We can just speak. It doesn't work like that. May the Lord bless you. Now, we're going to close our service. Thanks for your listening. I can see that today they were less sleeping. There was a little bit, but less. I was very encouraged. It wasn't too much. It was good today. Praise the Lord for that. And, uh, but I'm also encouraged because I saw your face. You know, when we talk about these things, I can see you radiant. You know, you, you want to know what is coming. You know, Charles Spurgeon say, you know, when, when, when you talk about heaven, about Jesus Christ, let your face 
shine in its full strength as the sun. But when you talk about hell, your natural face surface will do. I'm going to call Chrissy to come and give us a final song. And then I will come back to close in prayer. Let's stand. Give your heart to the Lord. Sing from your heart. And call out to the Lord for help.